Welcome everyone to this episode of the Goku Crypto Podcast. We initially started talking about Dogecoin and going into discussing hype and meme culture and the influence that the internet has on the price of certain assets. And then it went into a very exploratory conversation. Um, Keegan and I both shared our opinions on what we think is valuable and we, we essentially thought out, thought out loud on our perspectives on the way that some internet things function. <laughs> In the end, however, we ended up uh, talking about what we perceive to have intrinsic value and got into a little bit of a, a philosophy or the philosophy of um, what is perceived to be value and it ended up being a super interesting conversation just between the both of us so we enjoyed just talking and thinking out loud and we hope that you enjoy this particularly interesting episode as well stay tuned The thoughts and opinions expressed by Keegan Francis, Murgakshi Palway, and the guests interviewed on the Go Full Crypto podcast are solely their own. The content discussed are intended to be for informational purposes only. All right, Keegan, I want to jog your memory to the first cryptocurrency that you bought. What was it again? That would be Dogecoin. <laughs> Right. And uh, we've seen a lot of Dogecoin in the past week, uh, two weeks almost. And that was ever since I would say Elon Musk tweeted about Doge being cool or something like that. That yeah. was that was essentially it, right? Like I didn't really hear about a hype being manifesting on the internet before that. Uh, no, Dogecoin goes through these cycles of hype every so often. It's it's kind of kind of nuts. Like in the summer of 2020, uh, there was a TikTok fad, uh, actually, like a, a a meme that was on TikTok that started on TikTok and these. Uh, like retail investors said, okay, go buy a Dogecoin. We're going to drive it up to a dollar. And for reference, Dogecoin was like less than a penny at the time. So they had a long way to go to get to a dollar. And uh, they never got there, obviously, because I, like, I highly doubt that Dogecoin will ever reach a dollar. There's just so many of them. There's it's in like the hundreds of billions of Dogecoin. That's Hang on. So you're saying that this hype was fueled by meme culture? Yeah, meme culture. Yeah, absolutely. Which is absolutely what uh, you could consider... The, the GameStop uh, bull run and the this latest Dogecoin bull run as well. <laughs> yeah, right. so like Dogecoin would be considered a meme coin as well. Like the founder himself calls the project a joke, right? He, he started and he's like, he was making fun of the cryptocurrency space in general. And he's like, look how trivial this is. I can just make a money and then it'll be worth something. And then it was. And so this guy's like, I'm managing this multi-billion dollar project that like I just started in my basement and it's multi-million dollar multi-billion dollar yeah oh, absolutely really? dogecoin I'm recently became a, a top 20 cryptocurrency and at this point I'm pretty sure all all the cryptocurrencies in the top 20 are in the billions of dollars yeah dogecoin is worth billions of dollars that's right I'm looking at your face if for, for those who are just listening to the episode Murga's just like what what yeah Which is I'm sure people who are listening to oh well okay so for those who don't know Doge, what dogecoin is it's a picture of a dog on the coin that's what, what okay keegan let's get our nomenclature correct this time since we got a lot of people complaining about the way that we explained ripple 
labs and what they produce xrp in the last episode so what is it dge dog no, no oh, like, the coin <laughs> the way that dogecoin is spelled well i think the different exchanges um have a different different symbols for dogecoin really? yeah dge i think is something else but doge is doge doge is in dogecoin all oh, right okay. and the dog for everyone wondering on on the face of the dogecoin is a shibu inu dog <laughs> Wow, yep. you've done your research. Much wow. <laughs> uh, for, for those who follow the, the Doge meme as well, like uh, people post all sorts of memes with the face of the Dogecoin, like flying a plane or flying a roller coaster or like sitting in a suit, a Shibu Inu. Yeah, and so the dog, the caption on the dog is like much wow. It's like really broken English. It's like wow moon, like wow dot moon. <laughs> or uh, it's just so, it's it's actually hilarious, but... I mean, what's more funny is how much it's worth per coin. I mean, I'd like half wish I kept hold of my my <laughs> my Dogecoin, um, but uh, I sold it for Bitcoin in like 2014, so I'm happy either way. Why do you half wish you kept it? Were you being were you joking or were you serious? Well, I half wish I kept it because uh, I had a bit of it. I think I had more than a million Dogecoin, um, which is like it's not it's not that much. Um, in today's valuation, that'd be like fifty thousand dollars. But but still, I'd, if you'd kept it this long, yeah, if I kept it this long, which I just how much did you get it for? If you're comfortable sharing, I have no idea. I mined it actually. It was I was part of a, no, a Dogecoin mining pool. That's kind of where I got my start in cryptocurrency in general. Well, what I'm wondering is, um, you know how um, there's thousands of other cryptocurrencies out there. And when we get asked questions about, you know, besides Bitcoin, okay, what else do you invest in? And uh, just last week, I was talking to someone over the phone and they, they, like, they messaged me saying, listen, I've, I've been, I've entered the cryptocurrency market. I signed up on this exchange that I saw people on Reddit talk about. I was following the hype of Dogecoin. I'm reading all about this backup phrase and not leaving your uh, your um, um, crypto on an exchange. And I'm just super overwhelmed. I want to buy Bitcoin and Ethereum. <laughs> Where do I buy it? So um, when people ask us about Bitcoin and Ethereum, right? There's other cryptocurrencies and, and there's obviously a reason to feel like you must have a diverse portfolio. Any sound investor would probably say, hey, you should not have you should not go all in on one particular asset. What I'm trying to get at is there's coins like Dogecoin, which the owner himself says is a joke. Um, and yet they are holding the valuation that they are. And then, like you very rightly pointed out earlier in, in the episode, you said, well, GameStop is being, we've seen a bull run in GameStop because of meme culture, because, well, not just meme culture, I, there's like way more background um, context to what GameStop is, why GameStop is happening. And, happening. What's it all about. Yeah. and, and the bull run that's being caused um, because of some other reasons. And we shouldn't get into that um, because I don't think you, are, you and I know the complete details of it. Well, I think... It you'd find you'd be hard pressed to find anyone that knows all the details about it but like i mean we can talk about it on the surface and just like what happened and how it relates to dogecoin because uh gamestop happened first and then we saw the run-up in dogecoin well i i totally led my whatever i was saying up to something and then just like <laughs> left it there yeah you did i, I want like, you to finish it <laughs> sure i feel like that was a loose end in my in my thought process but so what i was trying to get at is 
There's other cryptocurrencies. Some of them are for foolish reasons. Some of them are a joke and yet they are worth as much as they are. Like Dogecoin being in one of the top 20 cryptocurrencies. That's ridiculous. If it has no value, I mean... Well, value is subjective. Value so, is subjective. That's true. I want to take this... Do you want, do you want to finish your thought? Because I, I do have some like a direction to take this in. Sure. Well, my, my thought is just... Um, there are so many alternative coins and they all have their reasons for it. And when people come to the world of cryptocurrency and we talk about Bitcoin and they say, okay, cool, what else? I heard there's Dogecoin, there's Ripple, there's Bat, there's Cardano, whatever, all of these, some of these are company names. And it's like, how do you decide what, um, what cannot be manipulated by meme culture? Because with respect to doge you said that it goes through cycles of hype with respect to the last episode and as we further discovered ripple labs um cryptocurrency xrp is essentially looks like a pump and dump scheme where they make money off of selling it to um retail investors which is all of us that's how the company makes money um anyway how can how can we be rest assured that these other cryptocurrencies are not going to go through cycles of hype because of the internet. I don't think that you'll ever avoid that. Actually, I, I don't think any anything that has value is impervious to hype and to meme culture. So like even Bitcoin um, could be driven up in price due to... Uh, and it has. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. And yeah. it's whether or not that can be sustained. But, you know, someone can argue against that with respect to uh, government money, right? Someone can say, well, you're not going to see... <laughs> yes go ahead uh i don't know if i can finish that sentence but i was gonna say you're not gonna see anyone pump um the, the u.s dollar the u.s dollar or the canadian dollar and then i just like i thought my caught wait i caught my <laughs> <laughs> you caught your thought yeah i caught my thought before i said it and i was like wait that's not true we, we just uh are inflating the money supply yeah, that's not necessarily the same thing as a, that, as a pump, though. Like, this is true. A pump would be uh, if someone was stifling the supply of the Canadian dollar and and then like a, a collection of investors got together and started buying up all the Canadian dollar liquidity. But then like cash exists, right? And so there's uh, like that's the big difference between physical or like government money and, and cryptocurrency is uh, all cryptocurrency is digital and so there it is possible to cut the supply or buy up all the supply and run the price up where there'll always be physical cash and that's really hard to, to get all in one place to to kind of gain the market right so you said that you had to you had some place to take the thoughts that i expressed yeah, openly totally. yeah. <laughs> lots of them uh yeah so dogecoin is actually really funny it's a really funny project and if i was actually to pick like a second kind of coin that looks the most like bitcoin it might be litecoin but it also might be dogecoin um conversely looks enough, like bitcoin looks like bitcoin in the in the social sense in like the social network sense the uh like one of the main things that bitcoin has is a tremendous network effect right and a recognition around the world as being what it is right you say okay think of a cryptocurrency everyone's mind goes to bitcoin Think of another cryptocurrency. Dogecoin's actually been around so long that it, it's and it like there's so many memes of it on the internet. Like you might have not seen do the like the dog face on a coin 
and associate that with Dogecoin, but lots of people have seen that dog's face all over the internet and not associated with with Doge uh, with Dogecoin itself. Uh, what I mean by socially is that uh, like the way that Dogecoin works is actually really fair in terms of how the, how the the Dogecoin is actually brought into circulation. Fair in the sense that everyone has an equal chance to produce the next block, and that's a little technical. But uh, that's not how Bitcoin works. Bitcoin is an all-out uh, competition, a winner-takes-all competition uh, to produce the next block, where Dogecoin is just kind of a random lottery where any single person running any computer anywhere in the world can, can win this lottery and produce the next block of Dogecoin. And I believe they produce a random amount of it too. So that's what Dogecoin is. It's like, it's all based on random numbers. And that's kind of in line with the founder. They're like, yeah, this is, this is a total joke, which is like kind of... Points to Doge's Dogecoin's, um, like that's kind of what a money <laughs> kind of should be like something that is really truly valueless. Where other cryptocurrencies try to justify Wait, their value what? proposition. It's, you're saying that a money should be valueless. A money should be valueless. Yeah, it should. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, it shouldn't have inherent value because uh, like gold has inherent value, and it. I don't think it makes a good money because it can be used in electronics and it can be used for jewelry. But like a, a good money should not have any value other than uh, the, the value that it uh, derives it, well derives or accumulates due to like a social network effect to become the money. Why do you think that money should be that? Uh, like that as in some, something that the, some money should be something wh whose value is derived. Who's like absent of any inherent value. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's a good question. I, I think I read that somewhere. <laughs> so I'm, I'm repeating it from that. But like, I've, I've thought a bit about this. And um, like, for example, wood wouldn't be a good money for all sorts of reasons, but it, it has a utility. So I'm not going to build my house out of wood. Or sorry, I will build my house <laughs> out of wood. But like, then I'll, someone will be incentivized to come along and destroy my house because they need money. Right? If wood was money. If wood was money. So like we can tear apart our computers and take the gold out of it and sell it. Um, but, and that might happen one day if the price of gold goes up and up and up. That's what happens with copper, but that's like wiring. Yeah. It's not, anyway, sure, go on. Well, just think of the US dollar. The US dollar has absolutely no, <laughs> no value, no intrinsic value whatsoever. And well, it, it makes a fine funny. money. Well, yes, okay. Other than the, the controls of like the Federal Reserve, the fact that they can print what they want and like uh, have those two levers controlling the interest rate and controlling the supply. Right. Uh, like, other than those two things, it's actually a great money, right? Right. So you're saying that, the, okay, so the US dollar didn't really have any inherent value. Be well, actually it did because initially it was backed by gold. And then when the US got off the gold standard, um, and then, you know, as did a lot of other countries after they followed the U.S., it didn't really have any inherent or intrinsic value. Yeah. The only value that it had was the authority of the government saying, hey, if you use this paper note that says one dollar, that means it, that like, does did the government $1. owe you one dollar? Like, I know it was an IOU, but was that from the bank or that the government? I forget how the numbers work out exactly. But if you took a one dollar bill to the bank, you would get some set amount of gold, right? That's what it means no, no, no. to be backed off by gold. No, no, off of the gold standard, I'm saying. Yeah, and then how do they actually so with control IOUs, the peg, like control the $1? Well, yeah, yeah, because I remember when, I remember reading about this somewhere, is like all our notes are IOUs from from the bank or like paper money is 
essentially um, like the bank saying, I owe you the sum of $5. And then we use that as a, a unit of account to settle accounts to settle um, a transaction between two people. Yeah, debts between two people or, yeah, right. So like the money that we have is worth nothing because it's just a debt that we get from the bank. Right. But is that now or is that when we had gold that backed our currency is what I'm wondering because so right when, now it's not an IOU. Right now it's just, well, it is this an is IOU. what I'm saying it is. It's an IOU to the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve prints it. The government borrows it from them. Yeah, but like, what are they owing us for? Yeah, so that's where it gets paradoxical, right? Because because initially it would be I owe you a sum of five dollars in gold. Right. And now it's just it's just it's just, just an IOU. It, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the Federal Reserve has this omnipotent power, right, where they get to print this money and create money and then loan it to other people. So there's always an outstanding debt to the Federal Reserve. That's why it's 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 a it's going to topple someday, right? Are you they, sure about that? I'm pretty sure about that. Okay. Yeah. Well, so I'm listening to this book called The Undercover Economist Strikes Back, thanks to one of my friends who recommended it to me. And they they talk about how inflation in moderation is good for the economy, to boost the economy, to encourage spending, because spending is, well, like, that's only when you have an emergency or you want to get out of a long recession. So, you know, in moderate amounts, inflation is okay. However, in large amounts, inflation is not okay at all. Um, so, you know, you're saying that the government owes us money, or I don't, I'm not sure if the, I'm the using... The government owes the Federal Reserve money. Really? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, because the Federal Reserve is the one who makes the monetary policy. They create the money. And... Um, and they loan it to the government. So the Federal Reserve loans money to the government that loans money to us, to the central bank that loans money to us. Uh, well, the, the, the government well, doesn't necessarily loan it to us, uh, right? right? They, they get to distribute it so they can like inject it into the economies in various locations. I don't think the government is responsible for that. I mean, there, there might be some association with the central bank, but I think that there's a very clear distinction between the government and the the entity that controls the supply of money. The, right, the Federal the Reserve. Flow. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Okay. There, there's a clear separation. Okay. But I bet they have them on speed dial. Well, you know, sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so on the topic of money and coming back to Dogecoin, you said that value is um, subjective. What value do you find in cryptocurrency, like Dogecoin? Oh, I, I, I don't find value in Dogecoin. But what do you think that other people find valuable about Dogecoin? Uh, the fact that it's a joke. So, like, I appreciate what people are trying There's to do. There's value in joke. Well, in, there, no, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Let me finish. Uh, okay. There's, I've, I appreciate what people are trying to do with what pump up. Oh, Ruga. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate what people are trying to do with buying Dogecoin. They're saying with their money. It's like a vote with your dollar. You've heard that before, right? And I, I personally believe that I'll vote with, for, with my dollar by buying Bitcoin. I'm opting out of my current economy. I think it's less than properly run. Um, so by people buying Dogecoin, they're saying, they're saying that money is a joke, right? That's kind of what it says to me. And so I think there's, there's value in that. They're like, I don't want my money so much that I'm willing to make my money be a coin with a dog on it. 
That's that's the value in Dogecoin from my from my perspective. I'm not willing to say that. I don't buy Dogecoin. Therefore, I don't be believe that this joke coin is money. Um, but I, I see what other so there's people in the world that are so fed up with the state of the money that their government has been using and printing and giving to them to use as money that they're willing to trade that for <laughs> a, a coin with a dog on it. Yeah, I can see that. I also think we should very conservatively use the term government's printing money because as I'm learning in this book, it's governments don't really have that control. And what we know as printing money is not really how it goes. Like for us, we're not economists. So it's very easy for us to just um, use those terms. I'm just, you know, let, let's try to be a little bit more cognizant of uh, saying that governments print money because quite literally... Not, they do not. They do not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if there is one, I, I don't know where the government also controls money. I, I do think, well, in the Western world, so the Canadian government, the United States government, that's how it works. Like the governments do not print the money directly. But in other parts of the world, like that is the way it works. Cool. We should do some research on that and then speak. Uh, An episode. <laughs> we can do an episode on that. <laughs> All right. So this has been a, this has been quite an explorat exploratory Exploratory. Exploratory. Thank you. You're um, conversation on what is considered to be valuable, especially when it comes to uh, a kind of cryptocurrency that people are obviously buying into, and some of the reasons why. And I gotta say, the reason that you just uh, stated that some people are so fed up with their money is they want to buy this um, this coin with the dog on it. I think another thing is also um, like a get rich quick. If, <laughs> yeah, you, that's also true. if you put your money in it and if there's enough hype on the internet about people saying you know why doge is gonna hit whatever arbitrary large amount of money um and then that just creates more hype and people buy in and and then yeah it's a protest it's in a sense I, that's not a protest that's just oh i want to invest in this because i want to make money yeah yeah so i've also had a number of my friends reach out to me uh and say hey dogecoin looks like i can get on the ground floor on this one and because it's so cheap, right? But that's Unibias yeah, again. That's true. Yeah. But like the buying Dogecoin uh, instead of like keeping your US dollars or Canadian dollars, like I think that's a protest of sorts. I just think the more meaningful protest is Bitcoin. Um, the loose end that I think that, uh, that, that I wanted to tie up in this episode is actually talking about intrinsic value. Because I think that's a really fascinating conversation that we haven't quite touched on. Sure, yet. go ahead. Yeah. Intrinsic value. What does that even mean? Like what does... What is intrinsic value? What in this world has intrinsic value? What in this world has intrinsic value? I would say life. I agree, like consciousness, life yeah. and consciousness. Yeah, I agree. Because gold, for example, is something that uh, like precious metals that people would say have uh, have intrinsic value. And like you can extend that to something that has utility. Uh, No, I mean... On right, I disagree most, with that too. Yeah, on the most fundamental level, I would say anything that has life. Now, I don't really know if plants are conscious or not. Uh, I know that I've heard some people say that plants talk and they communicate with you. But anyway, <laughs> that's a little woo-woo maybe. But the, the, there, it's life, right? Yeah. The, the plants have intrinsic value because of the various um, 
uh, things that they do in order to keep us alive. Well, yeah, and we can kind of extend that maybe a little bit and say sentient life. And then in that case that like humans are in their own category here on this right. earth. With what sentient does sentient li life mean? Like intelligent life, uh, the, the ability for that life to modify their environment, to have complex emotions like love, hate, compassion, Let's empathy. just stick to life. <laughs> Let's just stick to life. Well, where keep I'm going with that is like, uh, if, if we believe that sentient life has intrinsic value, then that which supports sentient life also has intrinsic value. By a second degree. Yeah, exactly. And so that's plants because plants support all life on this planet, whether that be uh, microbes in the ocean uh, or the plants that um, breathe uh, carbon dioxide and exhale oxygen for us to do the same. Yeah, I think or the it, opposite. it's mostly nitrogen. I don't know why we're told it's oxygen. And also, if there's any biology or like <laughs> plant, my gosh, what plant is it? People. Plant I know. <laughs> what's up? What's biologists. Up? Are they biologists? Like, I was going to say plantologists, but I know that's not an actual um, designation. Anyway, if, herbologists. Uh, if anyone who knows more about plants is listening, we're really sorry <laughs> if we're butchering um, all of the, the multiple uh, terms that can be used to describe a plant. So on back on the intrinsic value <laughs> train of thought here, uh, gold. Why does that not have intrinsic value? Well, it, or it can be useful. Let's just use a hammer, for example, because a hammer is a tool, right? Uh, Sure. Okay, so stick with me here. Okay. A hammer does not have intrinsic value uh, because you need the knowledge of how to use the hammer in order to make it a valuable thing. Sure. Right? Uh, you also need thumbs. You also need like to be able to grab the hammer and you also need the nail. So these things, if they're existing in a vacuum, they don't have any intrinsic value because you need the knowledge of how to do it, of how to use it. Okay. Right. And I, I would use the same like deduction to say that gold doesn't have intrinsic value as well. Like uh, if an elephant or um, a monkey stumbles upon a gold mine, the monkey's not thinking, oh, wow, like, great. I've, <laughs> this is awesome. I'm now rich because I've got this gold. Right. They're probably thinking like, where's my next meal coming from? Where do I get my next banana? Wow, Keegan, the whole hammer and nail with in a vacuum thing really got me thinking on the the topic of purpose. Okay. Um, because <laughs> this is now a philosophy podcast, <laughs> no. you folks. No, well, I just um, you know we've had conversations with several people before where it's uh, you know you are living, you you have life. We're all living beings, mm -hmm. and sometimes it can get a little bit um, not confusing, but one can get lost in thoughts of not knowing what one's purpose is. But if we believe that life, just being in a con having a consciousness and um, being alive itself has intrinsic value and all you need to do is be, there really is no purpose that you have to fulfill necessarily in order to continue to be. And um, like that, the example of um, the whole hammer and nail and the knowledge and all of that really got me thinking that, okay, if there is no there's no purpose, there's no use for all three of these things to come together, the hammer, the nail, and knowledge to use it, then you're not going to need it. Like when have we needed a hammer in the past two and a half years that we've lived in this apartment? Probably two times that I can remember. Yep. And uh, all this to say, coming back to, you know, cryptocurrencies and let's let just like start with Bitcoin for now. Bitcoin doesn't intrinsically have any value. It's I simply agree. data that lives on lots of computers around the world and um, is transacted over invisible uh, airwaves. airwaves that, yeah, yeah, 
I was going to say invisible airwaves that we can't see. <laughs> uh, and yeah, like Bitcoin intrinsically has no value. Dogecoin intrinsically has no value. Uh, not No, I would say tool intrinsically has any value until it can be used to produce something of value right. or generate value or transfer value. And then we're back to what does have intrinsic value, which is sentient life. And <laughs> sentient life is that which has the knowledge to use tools, for yeah. example. Yeah. 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 We won't see an animal using Bitcoin anytime soon. It's unlikely. Yeah. Or a hammer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that that's related in the least. I think some, some chimpanzees are using hammers now or tools. All right. Well, that <laughs> is, is a great thing to end this particular episode with. So this is a this is quite an expert ex exploratory. Thank you, exploratory conversation on on. I, I suppose it's just value. How is value derived, and uh, and this paradigm that we live in, where um, putting your putting what you believe to be money into something to protest what you currently believe to be money or everybody else believes to be money is a thing where you can buy a coin that has a dog's face on it and feel good about it. I want to see Dogecoin succeed. Do you? Just for the sake of seeing it succeed. I don't understand that, but I'm sure that there is some intrinsic value in your thought process there. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> that's All a, right. That's a good place to stop. <laughs> yeah, if you, if uh, everyone listening and watching on YouTube, if you have any comments, always we love to hear about it, whether it be on Bitcoin, uh, I'm going to say if you have thoughts on Dogecoin, I don't know if I want to hear it. So, but if you, yeah, <laughs> I want to hear it. Yeah, you can still email us because then Keegan will respond to you. And um, and yeah, please be kind with your YouTube comments. Oh my gosh, it's fine. Yeah. I think like people, that's one channel for people to uh, express what they're truly feeling without any consequences, kind of. Um, anyway, we're just, this is all because of the previous episode that we published. Oh, no, it was two, two episodes ago, or I don't know. The debunking Ripple XRP one, where a lot of people that support Ripple are not very happy with what we said. We, we upset some people. We upset a lot of people. And uh, <laughs> Keegan needs to go to the gym because of it, uh, as mentioned in some of the comments. Um, oh yeah, true. Lots of personal attacks. I went to the gym today, by the way. <laughs> well, <laughs> that reminds me, I was actually thinking, Keegan, that uh, we're in the likes of uh, Greta Thunberg. Are we? Yeah, well, like not we, but but I guess you because of the whole like attack on your personal appearance. Um, and it's like, wow, didn't think that we'd get there this soon. Yeah, you, well, do you know what's funny about that is like, we, we quote-unquote debunked Ripple. We talked about things that uh, that we don't like about it. And those are just opinions, right? And yeah, we were... nothing fact. Well, not factual, but we stated what we saw as facts. That's right, yeah. And I didn't, I don't think that I saw anyone really respond on the YouTube comments with like constructive criticisms or feedback and say, hey, like, admit this, you said this, and this is why you're wrong. They just went straight to like, well, you're ugly. And that was interesting. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the first time that we're facing internet trolls. Gosh, True. this is not. Won't uh, be the last. Well, yeah, this is not a an invitation by any means. But I mean, <laughs> if that's yeah, that's yeah. Okay, whatever. Great place to stop for the third time, everyone. Thank you for listening and watching, and stay tuned. <laughs>